Welcome to the first episode of the Wisest STEM podcast, a podcast initiative all about advancing the conversation around inclusion in STEM. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. This podcast was recorded on Treaty 6 territory. My name is Helen, and my pronouns are she and her. I'm the Wisest Outreach Coordinator, and I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, we dive into the experiences and stories of two incredible young women who have spent either all or part of their upbringing in rural parts of Alberta, and we chat about what it's like to pursue STEM in a small town, where the opportunities tend to be far more limited than those of metropolitan areas. We'll be hearing from Alam Iftikhar first, a high school student based out in St. Paul, Alberta and then from Milan Cuthbert, an undergraduate student at the University of Alberta who grew up in a small town called Huendin. Joining us first is Alam Iftikhar. Alam is a grade 12 student out in St. Paul, Alberta, which I'm told is home to the world's first UFO landing pad in about two hours northeast of Edmonton. St. Paul has a population of around 6,000 people, and Alam recently completed the first virtual Wisest Summer Research Program, which happened over the past summer, and was the recipient of the Spirit of Dr. Armour Award. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Alam Iftikhar. Hi, everyone. All right, so let's just start with your pronouns, and can you tell me a little bit about where you were born and raised, and a bit about your upbringing? For sure. So my pronouns are she and her, and I was born in Gujarat, Pakistan in 2003. And where I was raised, that's a little bit complicated. So I lived in Dubai, United Arab Emirates for a couple of years, and that was because my dad, he was actually the surgeon for the King of Dubai during that time. So that's why we were um, staying at Dubai. And then my family and I then moved to Toronto, Canada for a couple of months. Afterwards, moved to Edmonton in the province of Alberta for a few years and finally arrived in the small town of St. Paul. Uh, So I have spent almost 10 years in St. Paul, Alberta. So I guess I was sort of raised here. And in terms of my upbringing, basically, I spent majority of my school year in Glenavon School, which is a small school that is approximately 50 meters away from my house because I'm in a rural community. And then I also went to St. Paul Regional High School, like Helen said, which is also around 50 meters away from my house. And in terms of my upbringing, my dad is a surgeon and my mom is a stay-at-home mom. And I have five siblings and three of them are in post-secondary and two of them are younger than me. That's so crazy. So what are you currently doing? You're you're a grade 12 student right now, um, but... I know that you're involved in a lot of other things. Uh, What are you currently doing and working on? Currently what I'm doing right now, well, recently I applied to, I'm applying to universities because grade 12, that's the year to apply. And I got accepted to U of A. I applied for a specialization degree in integrative physiology uh, because ultimately I aspire to have a STEM career and one specifically in the medical field because um, it allows me to continue my ambition to helping people in society. Congratulations. Awesome. Um, So let's jump into kind of how you got interested in STEM. I mean, you moved around quite a bit. Um, What was it that uh, sparked your interest in STEM? Yeah, I I really like that question because 
Truth be told, I was not always passionate towards science. It wasn't until I got into high school that I met, that my interest in STEM like skyrocketed. And this was because of my exceptional teacher, and his name is Mr. Alex Bernier. And now I have never met anyone as dedicated and enthusiastic about science as he is. In fact, his passion was so infectious, it ultimately affected me. So Mr. Bernier was not only a person who created a science club at our school, but he was also the one that introduced me to Wisest. And I always took pictures during set conferences to share with him. And he also helped me become a student researcher in the Wisest Summer Research Program. So I am very, very thankful that Mr. Bernier was my teacher and I was able to meet him. So he was one of my main reasons uh, why I become interested in STEM. That's awesome that you have a good uh, teacher role model to um, be able to help you access some of these opportunities. So you know, with being in a more rural town, um, students tend to not have access to the same types of opportunities that high school students in metropolitan areas have. Um, what are some of the challenges that you faced when it comes to pursuing STEM and how did you overcome some of those challenges? So when you live in a rural community like St. Paul, there are minimal opportunities for you to pursue your love for STEM ultimately. So I do many extracurriculars through my community, but only a few of them, like Science Club, are geared towards this discipline. So ultimately this had created me to search for opportunities that would ignite my mind, whether that be looking at posters or physically searching things online. So through this way, I was able to participate in groups that like-minded individuals who were also really passionate towards STEM. And this was how I became involved with wisest and through searching I'm also become the teen ambassador for the Canadian Association for Girls in Science and other conferences that I went to and um, so these conferences might have been located outside of rural communities but just my just by looking through these I think that was why it's a kind of a disadvantage of living in a rural community where you can't have those opportunities so you have to kind of branch out and look for those opportunities. Yeah, that's a really good point because, um, you know, you're never going to be accepted into a conference or be a part of these opportunities if you don't put your name in those applications and you don't send them off and you don't look for those opportunities. So um, that's a really good reminder to have uh, for our listeners who may be struggling to get engaged in STEM. You know, all it takes sometimes is a simple Google search or going to your school bulletin board and checking some of the opportunities there um, or having a real awesome science teacher, right? That helps bring awareness to some of those opportunities. So that's really great. Um, So on that topic of the opportunities you took advantage of with Wisest being one of them, um, the CAGIS. So um, what does that stand for again? Yeah. uh, Canadian Association for Girls in Science. That's right. You became an ambassador for them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Are there any other opportunities or um, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about how your experience with Wises or Kegis or anything else that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. Um, So I'll start with Wises for the Sermon Research Program. I cannot express how much that has changed me to be the better person. Um, It was only a month long. And after that, my vice principal actually came up to me and she said, the person I was before and the person I after completely different in terms of the amount of how much I blossomed into a confident individual. And when she said that, I was like, I kind of reflected on myself. I was like, yeah, I have matured. And numerous other communities, like my Toastmasters group also said the same thing. And I'm so blessed to have that opportunity to be part of their internship. For um, 
the Kagus experience. Um, what what are you involved with with Kagus? For Kagus, so what they do is that because it's for girls across Canada, they do virtual sessions that are oriented towards STEM, whether that be learning about fungi or um, creating elephant toothpaste, really anything that um, attracts um, youth that are from ages 8 to 16. And with being a teen ambassador, we have monthly meetings where we um, organize activities for those youth and to be engaged and um, create more ideas that will help them be more attracted towards STEM and maintain that passion and not let it be distraught by the challenges that they might come into during their year. Yeah. So um, I forgot to mention, um, you know, Alam is also part of our Wisest Youth Council, our very first Wisest Youth Council, which is a council created to um, have youth speak into the programs that we offer and to help us determine, you know, best ways of engaging youths like themselves, um, but also determine, you know, what, what are the priorities in which we set as an organization to serve their demographics. So, um, yeah, you're also a part of that. So you're, you're a busy girl. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Awesome. Do you think that um, any of these STEM opportunities have really influenced what you want to pursue in the future? Yeah. When I was little, I was like, I want to be a princess. And then later on, I was like, I want to be an astronaut. And then now I, for like the past a long time, I've been, I kind of want to go into the medical field being cardiovascular surgeon. And I kind of was hesitant towards researching because for stereotypical research, it's just data reading and that's what I thought research was but why it's broad in my perspective and researching is actually so amazing and and I was really fascinated because you learn so many new things with that being said I'm still really geared towards being uh, part of the medical field but if there's a type of role position that involves any research I would go ahead into it yeah so you it opened your eyes to see the potential of research and you know to kind of shatter some of your uh, preconceptions of what research looks like um, so that's awesome that that experience provided uh, that insight for you do you have a very specific like favorite STEM memory that you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to do this now for the rest of my life? So I have to say that my favorite STEM memory would be from the several interesting yet exciting projects that we had in our school science club that was hosted by Mr. Bernie. So one of them includes our aquaponics fish farm. So aquaponics is a combination of aquaculture, which is growing fish such as tilapia, and hydroponics, which is growing plants without soil. So aquaponics uses these two in a symbiotic combination in which the plants are supported by the fish's waste that have been converted into nutrients by special bacteria. Also, an additional project that we work on is learning how to code, apply sensors, and control Lego Mindstorms EV3 robots. This was made possible by our school winning a Best Buy grant that was worth $10,000, which we utilized to purchase these awesome robots. And Charger Wars was also an extremely fascinating project hosted by our school, where students are challenged to power their devices with solar power. This is made possible by students charging their uh, mobile devices in the outlets situated in each classroom that are connected to the solar power at our school. So these outlets inform us about the amount of kilowatt hours consumed. So to date, we have diverted over 67 point kilowatt hours, which is equivalent to charging 4,494 iPhone X charges from 0 to 100%. And it's also quite impressive because there's only 300 students in our school. These were like amazing memories of mine and has definitely influenced, without a doubt, my determination to pursue a STEM journey and a career. 
Yeah. It sounds like, you know, with Science Club, um, your teacher was very motivated in making sure that even though you're in a rural community, that he didn't want you to lose sight of those opportunities and um, to not be able to participate in some things that maybe um, students in the city could. And even students in the city, you know, when I was in high school, I definitely didn't have some of that kind of technology. Um, So it's really nice to know that uh, even in a small town like yours with a high school of only three 300 students, um, your, your teacher is uh, charging ahead and making sure that those opportunities are accessible and fun and engaging for all of the students. Sometimes I'm lost words about how to describe me because he's just so amazing. <laughs> I love that. You better tell him that because I know teachers love to know those things. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 pre- I should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what is one piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with? Honestly, I believe like the most important emotion that a human being can possess is passion. So if you have a passion to create a difference, a passion to pursue a career, or even a passion to discover a knowledge, do it. Do not let the fear of the challenge and obstacles that you might encounter throughout your life in your journey inhibit you from accomplishing anything you desire. You should believe in yourself that you can do it and let your passion carve your path. So always believe in passion. And from my voice, you can tell I have passion. When I I'm definitely it. can hear that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think passion feels so much. I think that's a really good piece of advice because um, do something you're passionate about. Don't be investing time into something that you aren't passionate about because that's going to be so much harder. And with that piece of advice, I want to thank Alam for joining us and sharing your story about your experiences. Good luck with everything, and I hope to see you at the University of Alberta soon. Next, we have Milan Cuthbert. Milan grew up in a village called Huendin, which is about two and a half hours southeast of Edmonton, and has a population of approximately 250 people. Milan was also one of our wisest summer research program students back in 2017, and is currently at the University of Alberta working towards a degree in biochemistry. So without further ado, I'd love to invite Milan Cuthbert. Can you start by telling us what pronouns you go by? I use she, her pronouns. So where are you located right now? So right now I'm living in Edmonton um, because I'm in university and I also work at the University of Alberta, so I need to be nearby. Um, What are some of the things that you work on uh, as an undergrad in biochemistry? What are you trying to accomplish in that degree? I chose this degree because when I was with Wisest in the summer research program, I was placed in an oncology lab and I really liked the work that I did in that lab. And lots of my supervisors had degrees in biochemistry. So I was like, that sounds great. Oncology. For those of you who haven't heard of this term before, it's the study of cancer. What I really like about biochemistry is that it's pretty interdisciplinary. I mean, it's already in the name that it's biology and chemistry. I've had to take physics for my degree. I had to take cell biology. So I get to take a variety of different courses in a variety of different scientific fields. I've always been kind of a jack of all trades. So I like that I get to still do everything even underneath one degree. That's awesome. Did you ever think that you would be doing cancer research? No. (laughs) It was pretty crazy when I got there. I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't even know what the word oncology was when I got placed in there. It was so scary. And then, but my supervisors were like the nicest people ever. 
And my one supervisor was also from a really rural area. He grew up in Newfoundland in like a small fishing town. So he knew where I was coming from and he was like, it's okay, you're going to be fine. That's awesome. Um, So I guess kind of dialing back here, what got you interested in STEM to begin with? Um, You know, how did you actually get involved with STEM? Well, there's, there's multiple things. Like when you grow up on a farm, you're constantly outside, but like you're involved in some STEM things. So if you ever come across a problem, you have to like engineer your way out of the problem because like there's not, someone's not going to come and fix it for you. Like you just have to figure it out yourself. But in addition to that, I also did a lot of crop science because we had, I know how crops grow, heavy equipment operation. So there's all the stuff that I'm immersed in because I'm helping out my father like around the farm all the time. I also had uh, one of the channels that we had on TV was like the Discovery Science Channel. It's going to sound really random, but like I watched that channel like all the time. It was like all that I watched. I thought it was so cool. And I was like, I want to do science. I don't know what that means, but I want to do science and I want to make that be my job. That's awesome. And then most importantly, my high school science teacher was a huge influence on my life. I know in like larger high schools, you have like a dedicated like biology and chemistry teacher, but this teacher taught me biology and chemistry and like 10th grade physics. She really was responsible for teaching every student who came through my school, all kinds of science for about four grades. So, and she obviously saw that I like really enjoyed science and tried to push opportunities towards me that she saw. So it sounds like your teacher was a huge influence in your life in kind of discovering your passions for science and really helping to uh, materialize that uh, excitement and enthusiasm. I also liked watching the Discovery Channel as well. <laughs> um, but it is, I think it's really good. It really is. Yeah, they've got some really great content on there. Um, but what I really loved hearing uh, what you had to say was that, you know, as you were growing up on a farm, you had to just be involved with the hands on aspect of what farming was. And you had to kind of MacGyver your way through some of those things. And a lot of it is problem solving and critical thinking. And those are very, very important skills in pursuing STEM. Um, so what would you say are uh, the challenges you faced while growing up in a rural town um, when it came to pursuing STEM? Well, I think the biggest thing is definitely just like the isolation. Like out where I'm from, people only have like four jobs. So you're either like you work at the hospital that's nearby or you're a teacher or you're a farmer or you work in the oil industry and that's it. Like there's nothing else. Also, our school really pushes trades. So it's, it's hard to find opportunities for science. But my, my high school science teacher was really good at finding those opportunities. Like I went to conferences and other opportunities that she got spots for us in for the students who wanted them. And that was really important because otherwise, like you don't know what's out there. I had no idea. Yeah. And with the Wisest Summer Research Program, that's something that you had taken advantage of. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, you found that opportunity, how you ultimately ended up getting placed in a lab and getting paid for that internship for the summer? Um, And honestly, I think it it sounds like it put you on a path of uh, figuring out what you want to do for your next steps as an undergrad. Yeah. So I had never heard of Wisest like at all. And then one day, like at the end of March, just offhandedly, my teacher mentioned, oh, oh, would you be interested in like an internship at the U of A working in a research lab? And I was like, um, yes, I would. Absolutely. But then the due date for like the applications was like five days away. And so I was like called my mom and I was like, oh, my God, OK, we have to start working on this right now. And I was like writing essays and filling out the application and we had to get a, a transcript, which is like impossible to get. 
through the mail. <laughs> it was like so panicky and rushy. And then we just handed it in. And like the next week I got called and for like the phone interview. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is so exciting. I just handed in my application and everything's going so fast. And who introduced that opportunity to you again? That was my high school science teacher again, uh, Mrs. Reynolds. She's such a superstar, it sounds like. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> so what are the STEM opportunities you took advantage of? I know, you know, you just spoke about the WISE Summer Research Program, but were there other STEM opportunities that you really jumped on? So there is one. The Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the U of A, every year they have this mini, like, conference where you can go there and they always have, like, a guest speaker and you get to go and you can pick the two opportunities that you want to go and have like an in-depth hands-on session. So I picked a biochemistry one because I was interested in it. And um, that science teacher that I was talking about, she always makes sure that we get spots for students and they can send about four students. So I did that. Also, when I was in uh, grade 12, there are these conferences called Navigate and Generate that are run out of Alberta. And she got us spots at a Navigate conference, which was crazy because they only sent 20 schools in all of Alberta and she got us spots. And so we got to go out to Canmore and we had a two day conference about natural resources and water resources in Alberta and what that means for different communities. That's incredible. That was really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Miss Reynolds really went above and beyond for your classmates. Hey, yeah, she's the best. <laughs> so I guess with the opportunities that you uh, took advantage of, like the WISE SSRP, but also with this uh, Faculty of Medicine kind of one or two day conference, and then also the Navigate conference, was there anything that really stood out to be like, man, I really want to do that? They were all really cool and interesting, but definitely the WISE SSRP was the most influential. I mean, the other two, they were just like two day conferences, but the summer research program was like six weeks in a lab I had the craziest experience like you have your project that you're working on and I did that like maybe five percent of the time like I was doing insane stuff that I've like never heard of before and like no one would ever understand except me and like the 10 people who worked in my lab because it's just like that crazy my supervisor had me working a lot on these machines called the microflow cytometer and that was like we were like the only lab doing research on that like in Alberta <laughs> and that platform that we use, like what I was working on that summer, it, we're currently doing a clinical trial of it with DynaLife on a prostate cancer diagnostic from a blood sample. So a liquid biopsy. That's incredible. So it's kind of crazy to think that like work that I did like three years ago as a high schooler is now like impacting actual people with prostate cancer. No kidding. Like in the real yeah, world. Yeah, that is real science. It's not something that's been done before. You were at the, the leading edge, the cutting edge of research at that time when you were in grade 11. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I also like every time I see my supervisor, I'm just like, why why did you let me like the machine's machine is worth half a million dollars why did you let like 17 year old clumsy me like play around with it like that seems like a bad decision but he always tells me that he doesn't regret trusting me with that oh so that must be good to hear yeah good. totally um what is one piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with don't let anyone tell you that you shouldn't be passionate about something because they're wrong and you can be passionate about whatever you want and if it's science, then let it be science. And if it's Star Wars, then be passionate about Star Wars. And if people say, oh, that's stupid, they're wrong. 
You're allowed to be passionate about whatever you want. I love that. That is a really, really good piece of advice. Thank you to both Alam and Milan for sharing your stories with us. Make sure to stay in the know about the Wise of STEM podcast by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to stay updated on programs that Wisest offers, consider subscribing to our monthly e-newsletter or following us on social media. You can find all that information in the description. That's it for now. Tune in to our next episode, which will be released in January.